Hey everyone, it's Carol and welcome to episode 30 of Speakerman Speaks Retail, where we navigate retail from now to next in every episode. I help all kinds of retail-focused companies land big B2B programs through my platform positioning process. And I also speak to audiences from around the world on my latest retail trajectories. These are themes and calls to action that connect what's really happening across all kinds of categories, borders, business models, and touch points so you can do something about it. I want to start this first episode of the year by giving a shout out to suppliers of all stripes. And that includes those of you who provide services and solutions to retail. You guys have so much to be proud of as you shifted on a dime and supported retailers. I know it hasn't been easy, but I can tell you that your agility and courage made such a difference to your retail partners, your employees, your shareholders, and really to retail's future. And this is particularly true as retailers did lean into partnerships to navigate through all the disruption. And speaking of disruption, of course, this is the time when we all look back and try to make sense of yet another year that was chock full of anomalies and, frankly, absurdities. The good news is the gloom and doom that was predicted early on just didn't pan out. In fact, the biggest letdowns of 2021 came in the form of supply chain snags and labor shortages where supply just couldn't keep up with increased demand. And thankfully, that demand finally started to spread to the discretionary categories that so many retailers and brands rely on for profitability. So there was plenty of good news. But as we hurl past yet another year in retail, and before we get too far into the promise of a new chapter, I'm dedicating this episode to one guiding principle that I'm clear is going to define 2022. It's really a call to action for anyone who plays in retail. 2022 is going to be the year of priorities over possibilities. Or at least I hope that's the case. Because right now, frankly, retailers and brands are swimming in possibilities. And that's why setting priorities is going to be so important. We've been talking about these exploding possibilities and what's driving them throughout last year. Episode 24 was all about the retailer as service revolution, where retailers aren't just offering solutions and services— They're starting to think of themselves as service businesses. It's becoming a primary identity for retailers like CVS and Walgreens that are rebranding as healthcare companies. And in this services and solutions realm, now you have Albertsons and Tesco becoming the latest retailers to create their own in-house media networks. So retailers have gone from being ad buyers to becoming ad sellers. They've got the data. Now there's going to be a mad rush to monetize it. This is going to be a hot topic for 2022, and we're going to talk some more about it in just a minute. In episode 14, we talked about how retail's new rule is diversify or die, that it's all about exploring new possibilities and expanding into new business models like solutions and services, but also into new formats and categories. If you haven't noticed, most retailers are now multi-format operators. And when it comes to category diversification, we talked about one big driver for this in our very first episode, marketplace mayhem. And since then, online marketplaces have just exploded. Retailers have invested millions or even billions in building out their digital capabilities and their e-commerce platforms, so opening the doors to third-party sellers is just a natural way for getting some extra ROI. But through these marketplaces, retailers can expand into new categories practically overnight and do it without having to carry additional inventory. 
So marketplace expansion is a pretty sweet possibility. But it's my power trajectory by Builder Bridge that opened up a fire hose of possibilities last year. Retailers have been building solutions internally, leaning into strategic partnerships, and making outright acquisitions, and they're always having to decide which one makes more sense to explore all these new possibilities. No two retailers are going about it the same way, but the most successful ones are doing all three simultaneously, buying, building, and bridging, and that's expanding possibilities as never before. So retailers and brands aren't hurting for options. 2021 was the year of infinite possibilities, but now it's keep, toss, or tweak time. 2022 is going to be about setting priorities, and that means that some things are going to have to fall by the wayside. And this is true for brands too. They've been having a heyday exploring all kinds of possibilities for new marketing and distribution channels, but they're also going to have to make choices about which of these distribution models and partnerships are the most promising and which ones need to go on the chopping block. One of my top trajectories for the last several years has taken on this explosion of choice in the brand world. Brand ubiquity is the new exclusivity. Brands have never had more options, and they've been exploring every possibility from wholesale to licensing, direct-to-consumer, owned retail, marketplace participation, social commerce. And in episode 21, I brought up a counter to one of those models, the curtailing of wholesale, where brands like Nike and Under Armour have been making headlines as they pulled back from partnerships with retailers in favor of pumping up their direct-to-consumer businesses. Nike's been doing this in waves that started in 2020 and continued through last year. Mostly, they've been exiting mid-tier retailers and sports specialty stores. Under Armour has eliminated thousands of doors of distribution in their direct-to-consumer push. So the pandemic has definitely accelerated the shift to digital, and as a result of that, the curtailing of wholesale. But it also represents a power shift. Because these days, the platform owner has the power— And retailers that are just places that sell brands no longer have a compelling platform for brands. And that's particularly true if everybody starts carrying the same brands. And that's a real danger as those online marketplaces explode. As everybody starts carrying more and more categories and more and more brands, there's going to be a lot of crossover and a lot less differentiation. But either way, many brands are no longer satisfied to be once or twice removed from their customers. Brands like Nike have built up platforms that provide a safety net that allows them to close that gap. Of course, Nike's been building out its platform for years, but now Nike's a multi-format retailer that runs a physically and digitally connected brand empire that powers its direct-to-consumer business. But as Nike's platform amps up, wholesale relationships can be seen as a liability that compromises the Nike brand, their price controls, and profitability, not to mention access to that all-important first-party data. So Nike has the platform power to eliminate intermediaries, but not every brand can say that. In fact, very few can. That doesn't mean that we're not going to see more brands trying their hand at direct-to-consumer. We are. Traditional wholesale relationships are going to be the first to go, as the price and the pain of entry to digital opportunities that facilitate direct-to-consumer continue to fade. Going forward, forging direct-to-consumer relationships isn't going to have to equate to building out an e-commerce platform or even opening branded stores. Going back to that buy, build, or bridge scenario, 
Now there are a slew of third-party solution providers, those bridge builders, that are sitting at the ready to help brands participate in new, easier access direct-to-consumer opportunities like social commerce. We talked about this in the last episode, where companies like Beyond XR are building out shoppable, immersive virtual experiences for brands. All of this activity is going to be egged on by mega tech players like Apple, Facebook, and Google, not to mention all those opportunistic startups that tend to jump in. These big companies are investing billions in creating new devices that are going to make these immersive experiences come to life. But what it all boils down to is that over the next few years, there's going to be a democratization of immersive brand experiences that will embolden more brands to step out and cut ties with legacy partners and intermediaries. For the short term, the off-price sector is going to be hit the hardest. In the past, top brands had no problem holding their noses and offloading inventory to the TJ Maxx's, Burlington's, and Ross's of the world. Now, brands have more palatable options, not to mention the supply chain snafus that we keep talking about, but they're also eating into excess inventory. Now you've got brands like Carter's, Ralph Lauren, and Steve Madden deliberately dialing back their discount distribution in favor of full-price selling on their own platforms. So the off-price sector will get dinged, and that's going to be one distribution channel that some brands will deprioritize or shut down entirely. And this is probably going to cascade down to retailers' outlet operations, too. Some of these are going to get sheared off so that retailers can refocus on the full-price opportunities that they can tap through their own platforms. But so many brands are going to deprioritize wholesale partnerships and off-price distribution in favor of direct-to-consumer. They're going to do this in order to plump up margins and also to own their data. In many cases, retailers' diversification plays are actually going to be what ends up narrowing the possibilities for brands. That's going to be the case with the explosion in retail media that I mentioned a minute ago. As retailers set up their own in-house ad shops and media arms, they are going from ad buyers to ad sellers, and retailer suppliers are becoming retailers' customers. When it comes to grabbing ad spend, that buy-build-bridge question is a no-brainer for retailers like Walmart, Target, Tesco, Kohl's, Petco, CVS. The answer is, by all means, let's build this. And why not? These build-outs aren't exactly speculative. Retailers have a built-in customer base in the form of their suppliers and brand partners, and they have a bully pulpit where they can direct the action. Right now, Amazon undisputedly dominates the digital ad space, hosing up 77.7% of U.S. digital ad dollars. But Walmart's no slacker. Estimates are that their ad revenues are going to hit $1.55 billion with a B this year. But beyond the intra-retailer competition that's going to heat up and you're going to be hearing a lot about, there are other factors that are going to narrow brands' ad spends. For one thing, third-party cookies are set to vanish, and without them, brands are going to be forced to identify new ways to reach consumers and to provide better experiences that drive more meaningful interactions. Enter retailers. Retailers have been hard at work honing their digital mining chops, and with all of those bridge and buy options available to them, they're not going to sit this one out. Retailers are in a push to evolve into one-stop ad shops, and they're pressuring suppliers to patronize them. Brands that play ball are going to gain favor, so it's all good. But I expect to see brands shifting their ad spend to retail media and deprioritizing traditional agency relationships. 
From there, the competition among retailers for ad dollars is going to get fierce, and brands are going to have to decide which retail shops they're going to patronize and prioritize. So we're going to continue to track retailers and brands shifting priorities this year. There's going to be a lot of them, and I think that's a very good thing. But the same holds true for any company that relies on retail or that's shifting priorities to focus on retail in 2022. I know that describes a lot of you, and particularly on the solutions and services side of the business. All of my work revolves around helping my clients set new priorities and hierarchies in their retail corporate communications and then reinforcing it in their B2B business development. All the dynamics we just talked about are at work. On one hand, my clients had a field day last year exploring all the possibilities for getting their content out through social media, through all kinds of new agile marketing tools and platforms. But then things quickly started to pile up and get too complex, and in some cases even incoherent. So many messages in so many channels. But my clients tell me that they are ready to narrow things down and to reprioritize, to focus on the messages that really matter and that are going to move the needle and to take a beat and look at the bigger picture. And I can tell you, it's a big relief when you do it. But it takes courage to let some things go, to simplify and to pare down. I encourage you to think about doing just that as we head into 2022. Now that you've explored so many possibilities, what will you and your teams prioritize and what are you going to let fall away? I'm wishing you every success in 2022, and I'm gonna do everything I can to be a resource to you. Let me know how I can help you with your retail positioning and events. Please let me know what you want to hear about this year and keep me posted on how everything's going for you. You can ping me at carol at speakermanretail.com or hit my site at speakermanretail.com to check out more insights and get the latest on events and other happenings. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite platforms if you haven't already. Thank you for listening and Happy New Year.